What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Two Smart Dummies Podcast. As always, it's your boy Q. And it's your boy Big Facts. Betty, what's up, man? Nothing much, man. Enjoying all this NBA action. We'll get four games a day. <laughs> man, can you complain? No. Like, what's there, what's there to be mad about in life right now? I don't know, man. I think the NBA need to seriously consider bubble action for every playoff from here on out. Man, to do it in the regular season would be unrealistic. I understand that. But a playoff, even if you section it off east and west, do a bubble in the east, a bubble in the west, and have them meet up at a neutral site, I feel like this is the way to go. But, you know. Like they, the NCAA does. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because you can get all the fans there. That ain't going to be a problem. You make it truly neutral. I mean, I'm with it. And, and listen, at the that that's never going to happen. But at the very least, they got to keep that play-in game, right? Oh, yeah, that play-in game is where it's at. I mean. They got to keep that. I wouldn't even be mad if they did a play-in tournament for four teams. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Four teams. Uh, not even a double elimination. Just four teams, you know, uh, in single elimination. Whoever wins, get in. <laughs> yes. Why not? Right? Yeah, I mean. I mean, what 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 is the bad in this? Like, how often does, does you know, what's yeah, I mean, bad? It's, it's no different than when they used to do a seven-game. Well, they do a seven-game playoff right in the first round. Yeah, they used to do five. Yeah, maybe they should go back to doing five and just do the play-in tournament. I know a lot of it is due to scheduling and time. It's a little different this year. They got a little flexibility to work with the schedule. Uh, but, yeah, man, take two of those games out in the first round, do a play-in game, yeah. play-in tournament, do a five-game series, money. whoever makes in, and just rack in money. You're also giving some teams some opportunities uh, to get in that may not get in. Some stuff may happen during the season. But you get to see some of these teams' tenacity when you make them play for their lives, basically. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because so, that playing game between um, Ja and and Blazers, that was one entertaining game. And Ja oh, was went great. crazy. JV had a triple-double or a close triple-double. Like, it was a very entertaining game. Ja and CJ going back and forth. I mean, it, that was this has been, like, one of the mo- more entertaining like I can't say seasons because it hadn't been a whole season, but this amount of this basketball action we're seeing now, this is some of the best basketball I've seen in my life. Easy, easy. But you know, you really see how skilled these dudes actually are, and like the not I don't want to say distractions, but how like every like when they all they can do and focus on is hooping. Like, the level of hooping that they do is a next level. You know, when you go back to living life, you know what I mean? You you have bad games, whatever. You you know, shit goes on in your, your regular life. But in the bubble, when it's all that, that it is, man, you see some basketball. And um, I know I talked just about the, this before, but I think a large part of it, it's the distractions is one point of it, but the lack of travel. I mean, the, the fact oh, that definitely. after you play, you don't have to jump on a plane and go somewhere else. You're not in this. I mean, everybody's in a visiting city, but you're in comfort. Like, you've been there for a while. You ain't yeah. going to a hotel and pack, you know what I'm saying? You're just in one central location, and then you're not traveling. You're not moving around. You lose. You don't have to go anywhere. Just go to the practice gym tomorrow, practice, lay down and sleep. You have more time for yourself because of the tra- there's no travel schedule. It's just so much more time to work on your game, work on the game plan. And coaches are practicing more than they they ever do. 
You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's just been good to watch, man. I wish this could be. I don't think that it's realistically to have it have it this way all the time, but it would be no. great. It would be. I mean, and it, and it really just lays the. I mean, why not? Right? Like this is the point 2020 has made it so that you can kind of rip up anything that you want to at this point and just say hey look we are we are doing this from now on because fan attendance you know, money for each stadium yeah yeah i mean yeah yeah but i think they would make up for it with the the neutral sites i mean you know what i mean yeah, but it's not enough because then you would have to split the money. Does that balance out? If you that's true, you're not getting both stadiums yeah. revenue. I mean, you're getting four. I mean, if it goes seven, you get four games here, three yeah, games. Yeah, but fuck there. them. All right, they got enough money. <laughs> All right, it's, this is about us. Yeah, but you got to okay. think of the workers in the stadium and how much revenue it brings to the city. And basically, I ain't in economics, damn it. You're justifying the city's putting money up, tax money up to build those stadiums. They have to pay. You're right. You know what I mean? I mean Damn, a nigga can dream, can he? Yeah, I mean, that's what I shit. I mean, I'm hoping that they do a bubble season next year. I hope, you know, I hope the pandemic clears up. But let's just say it doesn't, and we get like four centralized locations of bubble Man. basketball. That may I'm be the greatest it. season we've seen. Now, they may have to work in some breaks there because with the bubble, you know, work in a week. That's what football should have done. Yeah. yeah that's exactly what football should have done. And, and I bet that would have worked. Well, they definitely ain't giving up that stadium money. They got a lot of on the steel. Oh, that's true. Capacity. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, never mind. That's a whole different animal. Um, man, surprises in the bubble. So, the Suns won eight games. They went eight, you know, missed the playoffs. Um, and, and that was the game. Even You know, I love my Grizzlies. I love my Grizzlies. But with when Jaron Jackson went down, it started getting ugly. And... I kind of wanted to see Phoenix Portland, man. That that was the matchup I wanted to see the two hottest teams in the bubble, um, and that I don't know that Portland wins that game. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I at least think it goes till Sunday. Like the, yes. the interesting thing is Portland and Phoenix mirror each other because the reason why I know for sure the reason why Portland was in that situation because Nurkic and Collins was out, right? But mm-hmm. when you look at Phoenix, Aiton missed so much time. Aiden missed 25 games, and it took him probably 20 games to get back in rhythm. So he probably – it's a total of like 40 games that he missed. Then when he came back, they were trying to work him in with the roles of those bigs like Sark and Baines and trying to develop rookies and all this stuff. With that layoff, this team came back ready to play, and they were – their rotation – they probably had the best rotation of any team in the bubble where I'm talking about how Monty Williams subbed his players in, how he utilized his players for offense and defense. And that's the thing. Portland's really good on offense. They're not really good on defense. Phoenix is really good. Phoenix in the bubble situation was really good on defense with Cameron Johnson and McCall Bridges and even bringing in a Cam um, – damn, what's his name? Cam uh, – Cam Johnson. Nah, not Cam Johnson. That's Cameron Johnson. I'm talking about the guard. Cameron Payne. Campaign, oh, campaign! Who, Javon yeah, Carter. really resurrected his career. Yeah, man, and I don't know if that's only because a young team like the Phoenix Suns didn't have to deal with the distractions and the travel and the grind of the NBA season of moving around because all those kids are still pretty young, and this is more like an AU atmosphere, something that a lot of them are more comfortable with. That may be the reason why they played so well. Maybe they're just not good at handling the travel and the distractions of the season. You put them in a setting like this, and they were deadly. Yeah, uh, and 
if you're the Suns, I mean, this this is going to turn out great for for you. Now you're going to be on national TV. You're going to make some money. You got to showcase Devin Booker. You got to showcase that. You know, everybody's saying Devin Booker needs to get out of Phoenix. Maybe isn't so true um, that they actually are building a nice little team. Um, so this is a good opportunity for the Suns. And you know, if if they are this real, uh, I like their future. I was kind of on the fence about it, but I, I I like what I see from them. Yeah, the the best thing that I liked about Devin Booker's game in this bubble is we see Devin Booker as a shooter. Like everyone sees Devin Booker as a shooter, as a scorer. And yes, he was scoring like thirty points. He hit the basket, but he was so much more like a playmaker. I think if during this bubble we saw what he could be with the ball in his head. I think his true position is at point guard with better shooting. He needs to be in that hardened Luka yeah. Doncic type role. Yeah, and um, and we see that because before during the season when Cam and McHale weren't really hitting their shots, during this bubble, they were. And you see with him distributing with shooters and being able to kick it out to some of these players, they looked a lot better. And then when he when they wanted to take him off the ball, they bring someone in like Cameron Payne, and it was a lot better. Like, I like Rubio as a player, but I think they need to move Rubio, put him in that role, and they would be better off just getting a 3 and D guy to lock in in that two-guard position as opposed to having a Rubio there who may or may not hit the three ball. I mean, Rubio's a good player. He's just a hard fit for a lot of teams. Yeah, I mean he's he's a he's a old he's in the wrong era. Yeah. If you put Ricky Rubio in the '90s and or the you know early 2000s, he's great. If you today, he's just he's below average um, or average efficiency uh, you know. and shooting. I don't know if you can be a point guard in this league if you can't shoot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. It, it, yeah, it's a, it's a different game. You you can and that's why Lonzo. You got players like Lonzo Ball struggling. Like if you can't shoot in this league. You know that's the one drawback of Ben Simmons. Can't shoot, won't shoot. So you you can easily transition him to a three, four. You can even have him a small ball five. So Ben Simmons is going to be fine. Yeah, but a player like Ricky Rubio, as you said, he does so many things, but he can be a detriment to the team just because of his shooting. So yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what Phoenix does. Yeah, and so like I said, I, I. But let me ask you real quick: is is that like a winning? In the era of basketball that we're in now, right, where the Warriors basically gave you the roadmap that you need to have, well, not even the Warriors, like, I guess the Heat, the the Celtics, they, that you need to have three or two, um, gr- two great players and a bunch of good role players or three, a big three, right? Uh, the Warriors kind of came in and changed that a little bit um, with more team basketball, but then they got KD and that, that reset it. Is now that we're seeing much more iso ball again just a more efficient version is you know the hardens the lucas these guys control you know 90 percent of the possessions when they're on the floor um is that winning basketball you know because what what does that what does that do i think so because it's so hard to guard these guys you can't touch them (laughs) like it's even worse in the bubble right now and they're calling it so tightly where so you're seeing everyone just iso so a player like Carlos lavert Carlos Levert is just, he, he's dominating without having a lot of people around him. Well, he was dominating before in the bubble. Now they're just packing it in on him. But all he does is ISO. I mean, you know what I'm saying? He's still putting up incredible stats. So it works right now with the lack of shot blocking at the rim, the way that uh, they won't let you touch and put hands on people. I mean, this is really a blended mixture of what Houston has done. You see how efficient the small ball has been with Houston because there's no shot blockers at the rim. I mean, you can try to play your shot blocker, but 
can he stay in the game? You know what I mean? Seeing Steven Adams really struggle last game with, uh, with Houston. So I think it is. In the, but I, I think more than that, the bigger part of being a younger team with the Warriors show is you have to showcase. And I would say even the Nets last year. You have to showcase that your young talent is ready to get something done to prove something to these stars to make them want to come there. Now I think what Phoenix showed in this bubble, now they're going to be a destination that a free agent considers because of what they have around them. You know what I mean? Uh, Even a team like uh, Miami. Like Miami, they've been trying to get free agents. Even with being Miami, no team has really wanted to go there. Now Jimmy Butler goes there, and they're a different-looking team with Jimmy and Bam. You're just showcasing – that you have the foundation to win like Golden State did before Kevin Durant comes there. And then hopefully you'll get somebody or a star request to get traded there and you'll have the assets to go get them. So I think it's more about showcasing your young talent and keeping your players so you can manipulate the salary cap to have four or five, not not even superstars, just four or five really good players and then add a superstar to it and be ready to go. That's a good point. I mean, at this point, you're just seeing asset collection. Yeah. I, I, I hadn't even thought about that. It is, it is literally, hey, if you've got a, if you've got Giannis, cool. If if he's not going to stay, we got a package of cats that we can send you. And and that AD trade, AD Lakers thing, and and the Kawhi uh, uh, OKC thing kind of showed that too. It's like, hey, we'll give you all these assets for Kawhi. We'll give you all these assets for AD. We'll figure it out. Y'all go rebuild, and we'll see in the future. Like that's kind. Of, I guess now that you put it that way, that that's kind of what's going on. And I've heard a lot of talk that people aren't really touching on, um, like like publicly. I've heard it like when you listen to like the local radio stations when the bubble were coming on, they were talking about it a lot. But I hadn't heard it on the national broadcast a lot. The beat writers. We're, yeah, we're not thinking about this, but this is how the Miami Heat Big Three came together. It was a USA Mm -hmm. team where they were all together and they made a plan. And it wasn't an immediate plan, but they planned it out two or three three years ahead. And There's going to be super teams that come from this. We're going to see some because just because you're with your team and you're in those hotel rooms doesn't mean that you're not talking to other players. You know what I'm saying? It don't mean you like them players. That's on your team currently. Yeah, you may like players on other teams better. You may see some players hanging out. With some other players that they may not normally hang out with, you know what I mean. So you're, you're gonna see you're basically, something come from this. Yeah, you. And here's what's happening in sports, part in in the NBA. Really, is I mean that's the definition of player empowerment. Now the players are starting to run it like a business. Yeah. Now the players are like, yo, we got an opportunity to live in San Francisco and, and kick it with with our boys and win titles, like. We don't have to be sitting here in Minnesota letting these fools waste our career away. We don't have to be sitting here in, in Memphis. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a. we don't have to be in New York if we don't want to be. You're going to start to see players flip it. And, and legitimately, they've turned it into a business. And there's going to be attractive destinations. And there's going to be some teams that if you don't have your shit together, you're going to be the Knicks. Well, that's what I, so for one, you look at a player, you look at players like, Fred Van Fleet and Carlos Levert, who are unrestricted mm-hmm. free agents this year, in the perfect situation to be an unrestricted free agent because you're showcasing your talent with everyone there with nothing else to do but watch you. You know what I mean? Yep. You got all these teams, GMs there to just pay attention to what you do and leading the team. You got Van Fleet out there. This is the He showed up in the playoffs. Now look what he's doing. He's an unrestricted free agent. But then you also have teams like 
Giannis. You know what I mean? Uh, with Giannis and the Bucks, and that's interesting because mm-hmm. Giannis is big on work ethic, and he's he's able to see how other teams work. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You get an up close and personal look at how other teams run their team, how other teams work, how unified they are. Like you can recruit Giannis right now without being tampered and never even talk to him just by watching him. If Giannis and the Bucks, I don't think they will, but let's say they go out in the first round. Let's say they go out next round, the second round. Like the the Bucks are gonna have to consider it. What will Giannis say? Mm-hmm. Giannis is gonna see. That's what I'm saying. This is. I think a lot of different things are going to come from this because teams get to see an up close and personal view of what the Sixers, what was going on with the Sixers, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid not even talking, things like that. It's going to be a lot of nuances that you see between teams that's going to spark some conversation. I think there's going to be a lot of movement, if not this offseason, definitely next offseason. You can't tell me that John Zion ain't going to play in Memphis together in seven years. You can't tell me it ain't happening. All right? They talked about it. They're going to play somewhere together. I don't know if it's Memphis or New Orleans. I think they play somewhere together. I think it happens. I don't think it's Memphis or New Orleans, though. But, you know, um, let's talk about the Pelicans for a second. So, the NBA did their damnedest to get these fools in the playoffs, and the Pelicans wanted no part of it. So, it, it... I'm not going to lie, you and I have both been saying Alvin Gentry needs to be fired, but I think that the organization went out of their way to make sure that he couldn't yeah. pl- like coach himself into not being fired. Uh, I said that, so I was looking and I kept saying, man, something has to be wrong with Zion because it makes no sense. Okay, I understand that he left for two weeks and he had to quarantine to come back in the bubble. But why did they have him on a minutes restriction? If he had a knee injury, he came back from the knee injury. He was playing full minutes. They've been off three months. Why do they and not him playing him in the important minutes? Yeah, you know, not at the end of quarters. That the kind of Michael Jordan thing. Play him at the beginning, four minutes at the beginning of each quarter. Don't play him at the end mm-hmm. of the quarter. So in that first game that we saw, you know, we were kind of like, "What the fuck is Alvin Gentry doing?" And Gentry was kind of like, "It ain't me." And then David Griffin pretty much came out and was like, no, that's my decision. It's all on me. At that point, I was like, oh, okay. I see the writing on the wall. I saw the frustration from Zion. I saw David Griffin say that. Then you kind of see Ball look checked out. Brandon Ingram was playing, but was kind of going through the motion. And it all makes sense because I thought that during the scrimmages, they were trying to develop their young players by not playing them a lot. But really, they were just using those as, uh, like, practices. They would kind of practice their players and sit them down and let all those young players play. They, I don't think they had any intention of trying to win that AC. David Griffin said something like, yeah, man, we're just going to manage our players. It's not our fault they put us on national TV for seven games. <laughs> when he yeah. said that, I was like, oh, they ain't trying to win. They're trying to, they're trying to get in the best position possible to gain more assets. That's all yep. they're doing. Because yep. you don't know that they keep. You don't know that they want Lonzo. You know what I mean? They'll probably resign Ingram. They got favors. They have some asset pieces to move around, and yep. that's what they're getting in position to do. You want to be in the best position as a draft pick to be able to go get players you want. And there's there's a lot of mid tier players stuck on teams where you could potentially go get them if you throw some assets, like you said. Everyone saw what happened with Paul George and Kawhi. You can throw some assets at these teams, and they may not be able to say no. Yep. Um, speaking of cold oh, assets. But I also want to say, yeah, but uh, Gentry did get set up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Speaking of cold assets, I just I want to let everybody know uh, we're recording this during the Sixers Celtics game on uh, Wednesday. Jason Tatum just pulled up from half court and hit a, a three pointer in a dude's face, uh, and got fouled on it. So, listen, I asked if he was the coldest light skinned dude in the game, and you said no. And Steph is the only acceptable answer. Okay. I don't believe. See, you you love Jason Tatum. I like Jason Tatum too as a score, but like I separate my players, right? His hairline top notch. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you can't really argue with that, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a, that's a fact. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of bad hairlines hey, in the NBA, Chris, too. that Chris, man. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, man, Jason Tatum. Like, I don't want to knock Jason Tatum because I look at Jason Tatum as like Carmelo Anthony. And that's not a bad thing. Oh, It's not no. a bad thing. I'm not saying he's lazy or anything like that, but that's the type of player. I think he's an elite scorer. He does try to play more defense. But I don't think what he does always impacts the game. Like, when I watch that Celtic team, Jason Tatum can play horribly, and they can win. Jason Tatum can play incredibly, and they lose. The one player on that team that I look that I think is better is Jalen Brown. Like, Jalen Brown significantly impacts everything that happens on that team. If Jalen Brown plays bad, that team loses. If he plays well. Oh, yeah. So, I, I can't. Jason Tatum's game is something that doesn't translate to me. Like, it, it's beautiful, wonderful to watch. Probably one of the best one-on-one players you're going to see in Arsenal of moves. But I, I don't know. I think he's replaceable. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I mean, think he's replaceable. You, I'd have to, I have to think about it, but I like watching that fool play. He is, of the young, young dudes, he is easily in my top three of young dudes I like to watch play. See, like, I, think, I think if Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum is benefiting from going to a good team that's going to be good whether Jason Tatum's there or not. So when Jason I don't know, man. That team I don't is, know. That team would be good without Jason Tatum. I don't know that they would be 2-3 seed good without Jason Tatum. I think they would. Man, but we were talking about the Celtics here. If they didn't have Tatum, they would have went and got somebody else. Like they've been in this position for a while now before Jason Tatum. Like they go out and they get players. They lose Kyrie Irving, they go get Kimba. What I'm saying is I don't think that if they lost Jason Tatum, it would be devastating. If they lost Jalen Brown, I do believe it would be devastating. I think he's so, more important. Let me ask you this. In our in our scenario at the beginning of this, if the Warriors call Boston and say, we'll give you the number one pick, whatever asset, we'll, we'll give you this agreed upon assets for Tatum, do they do it? I don't know because... Uh, I think they should do it. It's, it's two different questions. Do they do it? I don't think. Do they, they do they do they hang up the phone or do they think about it? I think Danny Angel listen. Depending on the package, I mean, if you call and some, kind of what we're talking about at the beginning of the show and what we will talk about, but if Myers called and said, "Hey, I'll give you the number one pick this year. That could be a potential lottery pick. The top three Minnesota pick next year." Two second round picks. One's gonna be um, our pick. The next pick is gonna be the Minnesota unprotected. Well, the second round pick next year. So they got two firsts, two seconds. Both of them is gonna be in the lottery. And Andrew Wiggins. I think Danny ain't seriously considered. I don't know that he says no. That's a lot. You got a you got a package of picks, and you get Andrew Wiggins to sub in for Tatum. So. Here's why Why now I'm thinking it doesn't make sense. Because Danny Ainge, uh, them picks from last year, I think you and I disagree on them. He didn't do much of them four picks last year. And then he's already been burned twice now 
by supposed good picks in the Sacramento pick last year and the Memphis pick this year. So Danny Ainge is probably like, nah, nah, no, I don't see no picks coming up in here. I mean, that's possible, but when you're talking about, you know, this year's pick is a lottery. Like, so if it happens this year, you can't get. But it's not. It's supposedly not a deep draft. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, it's a lottery. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you, you know yeah. that this pick is a lottery. And then, you know, next year, I mean, how do you feel about Minnesota? You can't really turn down a pick that's top three protected. And you got the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think that's a – I think you got to take consider that. That's going to be valued. Whether it is or not, it's going to be valued as a lottery pick because Minnesota's been terrible. You get a high second-round pick because that's Minnesota's second-round pick. The Warriors pick will probably be a late second. So that's three quality picks. And even if you say last year they didn't do well with their picks, they also picked Jason Tatum and they also picked Jalen Brown. You know what I mean? No, I'm, and even, I'm, not, I'm not denying that. And but, even their picks know. last year, I think if you look at them, it's just not Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum level picks. I think the only pick – that they're probably going to end up regretting is the Romeo Langford pick, which was their first-round pick. All those other guys, I think they were solid picks where they were taken. It's really just Romeo Langford. Like, he, he's he been the one that struggled. He was the first-round pick. He was a selection. They've tried to sprinkle him into some games. And that one was a hard one because you're going off of talent, but he didn't perform well in college. But they said it was because of a wrist injury. I don't know how much that wrist injury still impacted him when the season start, but as far as talent wise, I mean, you could take that if you. If I got Jalen, look at all the picks the, the Philadelphia 76ers fucked up. Like so, you, yeah. Oh yeah, you know that, I mean? and that's what I'm saying. You you see all these picks and you're like, <clears throat> man, that they got fleeced. The future's bright, and uh, some of these teams don't do shit with them picks. Yeah, but I, I can't, mean, that, I can't that say definitely the Celtics happens. are one of those though. Uh, no, but I, they didn't get the turnout they expected of those picks. Like, they, they expected all those picks to be top five, like, very good picks. Yeah. They were good bets that didn't pan out. I would say, because I, I go back to the Sixers. So, when the Sixers did all that tanking, what they ended up with something like eight first-round picks. and it mm-hmm. ended up, Something silly, yeah. And they end up, the only the significant picks they got from it was Joel Embiid and uh, Ben Simmons. Yeah. So, you look at Boston. They had four picks, and they ended up with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And they didn't even fuck up the other two picks. The team, it just, the picks didn't become lottery picks like they were supposed to. So they still were first-round picks. So I don't think that, I think the gamble was worth it because they did get two premier players, and they still have assets. They just wasn't at the level. I don't know, man. I just, in this new, maybe not Boston because Boston right now, I don't know what would be the incentive for Boston to do it because they don't need to, look to the future rebuild you know yeah. what i'm saying they, yeah. they're, they're, they're not they're, yeah they're not they don't need to take the gamble to for the picks and look to the future because their foundation is probably set for eight years you know what i mean yeah let's, let's they just the, need to build around tatum and brown yeah if they build around tatum and brown it's just role players their their first round picks that they have now they can do that job you know what i mean so i don't yeah. know that they would do it they're not in position to do it because like you said they're the three seed right now as opposed to other teams that may do it like if you call if you call Washington Wizards and offer that shit for Bradley Beal, it's harder for the Wizards to be like, nah, we're good. We're set. They got to think about you that. You know what I mean? So, Yep. They got to so. think about that. So, all right, man, let's talk about these playing games. Um, or the playing game. Yeah. Well, we talked about the Grizzlies? Yeah, we talked. I thought we did. Oh, yeah, yeah, You're right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, great season, Memphis. Uh, future's bright. 
uh, they they the thing with Memphis is we talked about they god damn man they need somebody who can score off the wing. Um, but a couple players, man. I, I really want. Never mind. I'm gonna get mad again because the fucking Justice <laughs> Winslow trade gonna come back and your GM talking about we're just gonna tank this off season, which is gonna piss me off because Fred Van Fleet is on the market who will be a perfect two man the job because they can take him off the ball and Absolutely. play point guard and shoot. And Carlos Levert is on the market would be a perfect running mate. Where instead of waiting for the Giannis year two years from now, they could have. Came in, threw a bunch of money at those two guys, and had a good opportunity to get one of them. Mm-hmm. So whatever. Yeah. But I really hope the Grizzlies. Low. I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> man, I, I don't don't get me started on justice, man. Um, but yeah, the, great, Grizzlies got a bright future. Good coach. Uh, Grizzlies are. I, I like what I see out of them. Uh, Portland, man. We both know Portland is not your typical eight seed. I mean, these guys will be a top five seed for sure if they were healthy all season. Um, they look good last night, man. They, they beat the Lakers. I mean, really, they didn't play great in L.A. I mean, L.A. was terrible. The, the Lakers are flat out awful. LeBron was great. A.D. was okay. A.D. was good. Um, one thing I'm starting to think, though, is whatever type of style of NBA we're playing right now, it's easy as fuck to get numbers. Like triple doubles are no problem for anybody. It's the Ja and 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 Valachunas had one in the same game. Yeah, it's the fact you can't touch anybody, man. I mean, you can't yeah. touch anybody. So the passing is incredible. It's also really loose with these assist rules because the time that Ja got a triple double, six of those passes, like he he passed it to Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks took two dribbles and pulled up. And they gave JB mm-hmm. an assist, so that also. So you helps. can so, so now you legitimately like when they say you cannot compare errors, you legitimately cannot. You can no longer compare compare errors. I mean, this. See, I think this isn't I, something. I think it's that translate been right like that though. So that's that's the problem with comparing errors because errors change. Like so, if we're talking about what error this is closer to, it would probably be the seventies. 70s, yeah, because yeah. during the 70s they were putting up ridiculous numbers. You hear the stories about uh, uh, what's the, what's the, uh, the finger roll, dude? George, uh, uh George, George Gervin. Gervin, George Gervin hitting 57 before halftime and shit like that. Yep. So that's the kind uh, of the, Bob McAdoo, you know, we're, Bob McAdoo is a killer. Yeah, we're in that type with uh, Thompson. Uh, what was the name? Uh, I was just thinking of him, David Thompson. David yeah. Thompson. Rick been, Barry. Who would have been Jordan yeah, these if he cats on that cocaine. <laughs> yep. Rick Barry was a killer. Rick Barry was a bad dude. The yeah. Bill Walton. Yeah, I mean, hey, you're Rick, exactly right. Like, I'm going to tell you the truth. Rick Barry don't get enough, enough respect out in these streets. Rick Barry like, called Rick it. Bailey, he cold, Rick, bro. Rick Barry was a killer, bro. He was an ass, grade A asshole by all accounts, but he was cold. He also brought validity to the ABA. But I don't want to get yep. off track, but Rick Barry was, needs to get more respect. I don't hear a lot of people talking about Rick Barry. Rick Barry was a cold dude. And we just want y'all to know, if y'all want to know, if y'all want to question how much basketball we know, we can, for no reason, start talking about the NBA in the 70s where neither one of us were alive. So don't question our knowledge. Yeah, man. But yeah, man, uh, um, Portland Portland is an intriguing team, and people are going to act like Portland snuck up on the Lakers and this, but Portland was a Western Conference Finals team last year that lost to the Warriors. It's the same thing I used to say about Houston. Houston's dangerous because the only team they've lost to the last three years is the Warriors. You know what I mean? Portland had a crazy run last year 
and they only yep. lost to the Warriors. Portland wasn't expected to go to the Western Conference Finals last year. They surprised teams and made it because the year before, um, New Orleans upset them and Drew Holiday locked down Dame. So it's starting to look like if you don't have Drew Holiday on your team, you're probably not going to stop Damian Lillard. You know what I mean? But, Correct. But this is a different team. The only reason they're in that position is because Nurkic and Collins were hurt, and they were playing with Whiteside, who Whiteside's good, but Whiteside is lazy. Whiteside is not a good defender, and they really needed the versatility that Nurkic has. This is unfair to LeBron and the Lakers. They're playing literally probably a two or a three seed with a healthy team all year in the first round. It is and not they got lucky that Zach Collins got hurt because yeah. uh, that's another problem. Like, you know, Portland is going to be a very interesting team. I think I like I, I think the Lakers win this series. I think Portland's probably you can kind of I think the Lakers didn't play well because the players that they need to play well like are very fucking average or worse. Yeah. The the players that Portland needs to play well are probably about out of gas, and you could see it with how how many missed shots. A lot of great shots. They got every shot they wanted. They just weren't going down, and that usually comes with fatigue. I mean, they basically been playing playoff games for a month now. Yeah. So, um, I, I I think LA is gonna win. I mean, and I you kind of see that LeBron and, and AD can kind of do what they want, and you just need one of those knuckleheads to to step up and do something else. I mean, KCP, why are you playing him? One point. That's that. Point. Come on. A ugly one. I mean, point. <laughs> a ugly one point. I, I mean, you cannot count on anybody. On the other than those two, if you're the Lakers, and that, that this is not a championship team. Like I hope for for Kobe, all this, that, and the other. I I don't see it. And they're and they're on the worst side of the bracket. Cause let's say yeah. they do squeeze by Portland, and then round two you got Houston. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, like you're not. They're not beating Houston. Yeah, I'm saying that they're just gonna like they're gonna be dead tired because of the workload that LeBron and AD is going to have to put in in order to get by Portland and Houston, and then face the Clippers probably in the Western Conference Final. It's just they had the worst draw of any team. Like they really needed Memphis to win to kind of work out some of these kinks. But you're you're right, man, and. I've been saying it since it started. A lot of it was that Portland could match up with them with the big men, which even though AD had his way, he, he balled, but he didn't get it easy. Like, he still had to work for it. They forced him on a lot of outside shots. A lot of his points came getting banged up, going to the rim, and yep. getting fouled, which is another, a whole different conversation of Ken KD's body take being banged AD. that much and, and be healthy. Because yeah. if we look at that game, you look at his stats, 28 points, 11 rebounds, 2 steals, 2 blocks. 8 of 24 from the field, 12 of 17 from the free throw, throw line, which shows you that he was probably worn out because he wasn't hitting his free throws, and he didn't hit any threes. They kind of just let him shoot those outside shots, but they did allow him to get to the free throw line a lot. I don't know. And he had 21 of those points in the first quarter, or in the first half. Yeah, in the second quarter. And a lot of that was yeah. free throws. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was just going to the line. Every time they would touch him, he was going to the line, shooting free throws. Take that out, and AD really struggled. Now, LeBron, LeBron's going to dominate. But I've seen that. I've seen that in every game Portland's had, the guard dominated. Ja had 30 and 8. Uh, when they played Luka, Luka had like 40-something. Yeah, Portland's points. guards are terrible. Yeah. They, they, Dave's a terrible defender, yeah. a zero on defense. Yeah, Yeah, so they're going to do it. I mean, they're going to get it. But as long as you're yeah. allowing LeBron to be like Mark Jackson backing dudes down in the, lo- in the lane, you're good. You're good with you know, I'm And, good and it, 
if you're Portland, it is it is legitimately like you can just look at the numbers and be like, yeah, AD and LeBron can get off. Everybody else, we'll give you them shots. Uh, now, Caruso, I, I did not it. like the fact that they are closing out on every shooter because I don't believe yeah, in the get, Lakers. Why are you closing out on Caruso? Yeah, the only one you have to kind of worry about at times is Kuzma, but even then you can live with his shots. But everyone else, like KCP, shoot it. I don't care. Uh, uh, who, who else am I thinking of? I don't even know. Like, that bench it's, is so it's bad. Car- it's Caruso, KCP. The Morris boy. Danny Green didn't even want to shoot it. Like, Danny Green. Yeah, even- that was the thing. Danny Green was very, like, he had wide open shots and would all of a sudden start dribbling, driving. And like, yo, that ain't what they pay you for. No, just pull up and shoot. So it's like I think that they're going to have to play J.R. Smith. I don't know the mindset of J.R. Smith because he hadn't even played in the bubble. Um, you're going to have to play Quinn Cook. I mean, I know you're probably going to have to play Waiters. Eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> you can, can I, shit. He can do a KCP doing. Yeah, but he's not gonna. I don't know, man. I think you're better off. With I, KCP I don't. Just on I the don't like Waiters at, at all. But you gotta at least have a dude that's a threat. But I mean, at least you, I'm saying with waiters, you can't control waiters. Waiters will start turning over the ball, not getting <laughs> back. Like it's a lot of like different. Not shit passing waiters. at all. Not passing it to LeBron when you're supposed <laughs> to. Starting to think you're as good as LeBron, pulling up from half court to match Dane. Like y'all better lot, double me. Yeah, y'all better double me. There's a lot of bad shit that can go wrong. <laughs> with, with him and Jr. on the floor at the same time. Yeah, but Jr. Jr. knows his role with LeBron. I think you're gonna have to get Jr. in there. I think you're gonna have to get Quinn Cook. This is the matchup where you play Quinn Cook, just because. Yep. Now I know what they're doing. Um, they're playing Caruso because he's actually doing a good job on the guards defensively. He's just not offering anything scoring wise. But that's when. Dane goes to the bench, or they're both not out there. That's when you need to play Quinn Cook in there. You need to get Quinn Cook in the game, kind of get him in rhythm. Now, at the end of the games, you can get his shot off. Because, I mean, you can throw Quinn Cook on Gary Trent Jr. I mean, Gary Trent Jr. isn't going to get you 30. He's hitting spot-up threes. You can hide him in some of those closing situations, but you can't just bring him off the bench in the fourth quarter. you got to find a way to get him in rhythm during the game. So, in the fourth quarter where LeBron needs him out there to space the floor, he can be out there. But they're not beating – they are not – beating Portland and I know it sounds crazy to say that I think that they can not if not sweep before one I think this is a situation where it can be surprising like when the Pistons beat the Lakers in 03 or 05 05 was 05 I think it was 05 in the uh, championship the 04. Pistons beat the Lakers 04 05 04 um, yeah. it could be surprising just because that's what the Lakers didn't lose not doing what they do and they were allowed to play more physical than Portland they were allowed to defend them uh, more physical. Portland looked tired. Portland were settling for a lot of bad shots uh, because they looked tired. And CJ, um, Melo, and Gary Trent Jr. were missing wide open threes. And they didn't have Zach Collins. Zach Collins only has a minor injury. Like, he could very well be back next game. You put Zach yeah. Collins in over Winning Gabriel and uh, AD That's has- where the minute that the. The, the zero minutes to Wenyan Gabriel, you just immediately take those yeah, away. You just you have a different level where the scoring gets a lot more difficult because he can't stop AD, but he can control AD. And he can he can be a shot blocker at the rim. And then you're also taking away 30 minutes from Hassan Whiteside. You know what I mean? Correct. You put Hassan Whiteside back in that 15, 20-minute range where he can be ultra-aggressive. It just changes the dynamic. Zach Collins can hit threes. If they need to go small, they can play him at center. It, it's just a lot different with Collins out there. Yeah. Um, 
but Dame has just been on an absolute other level. Um, <clears throat> and so the way they close games he, are is incredible. <laughs> so he ever since that loss to the Clippers, uh, uh, where where uh, they were talking shit to him, Pat Bev and uh, Paul George, Dame has had. 51, 61, 42, and 34. And he is shooting, I mean, uh, just a, in some of these games, he's shooting a lights out 60% overall. Yeah, we're talking about the and shots 50, that he's shooting from half court and he's shooting 50%. <laughs> and he's shooting 57% from three yeah. or 46% from three. You know what I mean? Like that is next level. And it, so it got me to think. I was sitting there and I may have, dabbled in my adult cigarette so i was very <laughs> intently watching the memphis uh grizzly play, playing game and man dame lily came down the lane and just dunked on valentunas yeah. and i was like Explosive. i had to like wipe my eyes i was like who who was that and it was dame and it it reminded me a little bit of kobe bryant dunking on dwight howard <laughs> yeah. back in the day and then i started thinking i was like yo how good would, would kobe bryant be in today's league now i want to give a shout out for our show next week mamba week uh i, I can't wait for our show we're gonna release it on the 24th damn it actually we haven't talked about that i don't even know what date that falls on but we'd like to it's I don't five know. days from now oh that's a monday you know i'm busy <laughs> <laughs> but but how, how good would young kobe be like if, if it's 2001 kobe bryant what does he do to this league? Like, I, I think about him. I think about T-Mac. I think about Shaq. And I'm just like, yo, these dudes will be the best to ever do it in this league. Yeah, and, and with Shaq, you have to let people know. Because most of these young kids, when you think of Shaq, you think of Big Shaq. You know what I'm saying? You're not oh, thinking no, of no, 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 no. Orlando, Orlando Slim Shaq. They got Shaq. dominated yeah. by Houston. They used to get the ball and play point guard and go coast to coast. You're not thinking yeah. about that young athletic Shaq. So, yeah, yeah I, I know what Giannis you're talking Shaq. about. So, um, yeah, man, I don't really like doing that because I look at Kobe and be like, Kobe would drop 100 ball on these. <laughs> I mean, right. Because there's literally – Nothing Kobe couldn't do. And with the fact Kobe was so physical. That's what I always say about Kobe and Jordan. It's not so much that they can score. Yes, they can score like James Harden, right? They it, Harden can score. He's one of the best scorers ever, yes. But the fact is that they were doing it in a league that was just so much more physical. And they put they gave the punishment out. You know what I mean? Yep. And Dame is a throwback to that. Dame is a throwback, not to the punishment, but the fact that mentality like, you say something yep. about me, I'm going to kill you next game. Yep. Like, I remember when after that Clippers game, I was telling everybody on the little, on your read me that I do, I said, Dame is going to score 50 points. Like, you know yep. it. That's the Mamba yep. mentality right there. You yep. know I'm going to give you 50 points. You say something, I'm going to give you 50 points. I'm going to prove to you. And that's yep. what Dame has. Dame has that Mamba mentality, but Dame is 6'3", 6'4". You're looking yeah, at Kobe. Yeah, he's not 6'6". Six, six. So you're yeah. looking at Kobe, 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, has no holes in his game. Shoot threes, post up, can dunk on anybody, and this is a league can that, can lock almost anybody up. Yes. Probably in, in today's league can lock anybody up. And this is a league that is lacking shot blockers. So I always say when Jordan and Kobe goes to the rim, who's stopping them? 
Because you're right. not putting no Jeff Green out there to stop him. Because Jeff Green will get no. junked, dunked on 17 times. <laughs> yes. So, I, yes. I just don't know. I mean, if you put Kobe in this era, he definitely has a 100-point game. Uh, he probably averages 45 points a game. And... <laughs> It's 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 scary. It's truly scary to think about, and it I, I it may be like my old head moment now. You know, we're in our thirties now, so you know, because when when old heads back in the day would be like, Jordan will average fifty today. I'm like, man, come on now, and and they'd be like, you can't and you can't touch him. Oh, and and now like I get it because that was the exact thought. I was like, yo, you can't touch Kobe. Oh, no, no, no. We got it's a glimpse over. of it in his last game. I know they said that they kind of gave it to him, but, I mean, he was in the game, and he hit 60 with nobody touching him. Right. <laughs> so, right. So, Matt, and that was when – that, that ain't, that ain't even Kobe. <laughs> yeah, that, that ain't even the Kobe. I'm ta- you talk about – oh, what, Kobe? Yeah, I'm talking about the, mm. the uh, when he used to go to the other side of the rim, like half 360 windmill dunk on people. Yeah, Kobe. I, I feel what you're saying, but I'm saying, like – his last game, we saw him put up a six, an easy sixty piece. So you know, and it looked like practice. But yeah, yep. put twenty four year old Kobe in there in this league, same era. You can't touch him. Yeah, it'll be murder. I mean, if Man. James Harden averages what he averages, you can't tell me that Kobe's not gonna average like forty. And that's being that's yeah. that's me on the low side. Yeah, and people will talk about well, he wasn't that great of a three point shooter. He would be. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean. Kobe had that work ethic. I mean, Kobe. Yeah, and he could shoot from anywhere already. It was just the amount of bad shots he took. I mean, so. he, was, he was shooting over triple coverage. That's the area he came from. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we we might have to talk about that during Mamba Week. We'll go into to, to that a little further. But yeah, da- Dame has reminded me a lot of of Kobe. Uh, and you know, we kind of pick our stars, right? Like we say, uh, you know. Um, Ja looks like Iverson or, or uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell is kind of like Wade. So you know we we have our we we have our our correlations. But um, what about um, it, I want to say the the most incredible thing about Dame is people are acting like this shooting from the half court as a fluke. Well, remember that's what he put Paul George out with last year when he hit that shit. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. every team has that on their scouting report. When they play Brooklyn, you can literally, they mic'd up Garrett Temple, and they were literally saying, you need to double him at half court. They're literally double teaming him when he walks across half court. That's why they're isolating CJ and making him go one-on-one because they're double teaming um, Dane. Yeah. Now, I will say this. Before we move on with the cap situation that Portland's in and that we know that Portland's in, right? No flexibility. No flexibility. If the Warriors call them and say, hey, I'll give you Andrew Wiggins, these two firsts and two seconds for CJ, who says no? Andrew Wiggins taking the place of uh, Andrew Wiggins taking the place of CJ, and they get two firsts and two seconds. You got to hope Gary Trent is, is, is taking that leap. That's that's the bet right there. You just gotta hope that Gary Trent is gonna step into that CJ role. But what? Because Wiggins ain't. Yeah, but what do you do if you're the, what do you do if you're Portland? Like Portland's a good team right now, but are they a championship caliber team? No. Even in this bubble, no. if they win the championship, we're still gonna look at it as like, well, this was the perfect storm for Portland to win. You know what I mean? Oh, that's definitely gonna be the the fluke year. Yeah, it's, it's sure. gonna be a fluke year. Is the per- perfect storm for the win? But this is this what you want to build your foundation on? You you have Nurkic. You have Dame Lillard. You have Zach Collins, right? You can move. The time is now. 
You know what I mean? The, t- the time I agree. is now. And if they offer that to bring in CJ, I don't even know that CJ is the fit, but I like him with the Warriors and put Clay at the three, put CJ at the and two. CJ been balling like this with a broken bone in his back. Like, that's a dude that where CJ, I, we, we all are like, yeah, he's inconsistent. Like, you know what I mean? He's not always there, when, especially when, when, when the tough – when the going gets tough, CJ gets going kind of deal. Uh, but he's ch- kind of changed that narrative, man. He's hit some tough ass shots in this bubble, yeah, like some incredible shots. Yeah, he's been clutch. I mean, and I like the fact that CJ operates in the mid range. He can hit threes, but I like that. That's he, not his game. Yeah, I like yeah. that he operates in that intermediate level. It's similar to what KD did, so that's why I'm pitching him to the Warriors because if you put him in there and you have him stretched out. CJ would be the one that operates in that mid-range tier. So, I was, do you say no if you're Portland? That's the only question I got. Uh, you, I mean, you really can't because I think in the heart of hearts, we all know, they have to know, this is not a title-contending team. But if you want to maximize this time with Dame and potentially build one around him, you kind of have to. You're, you're at your ceiling right now. Yeah. All so right, let's talk about Giannis. Giannis and these bucks. Yeah, man. man. They got whooped up on uh, uh, the other day. Yesterday, they they got yeah. they got their ass whooped by the Magic. And uh, I don't I don't want to be too harsh on the Bucks because we saw the Magic do this last year. Um, the Magic went in, they beat the Raptors when the Raptors had Kawhi. You know the story. They came back, lost four straight. Raptors went on to win the championship. So I'm not gonna be too hard on them because the Magic have a tendency to do this. Put to put a game together because they're full of talent. They're just missing. Oh, absolutely. Bozovic uh, yep. five three pointers. He looked. You know, unstoppable. And you're if not- that team had panned out the way it was supposed to with their picks, with like Bamba and uh, and and Isaac, man, that's a good team. Yeah, this team would be a lot different if Jonathan Isaac would be there. I mean, uh, yeah. Jonathan Isaac. I mean, it's, it's, if you don't watch basketball, it's hard to. But Isaac is like a seven footer that can guard everybody on the court. You know what I mean? He plays small forward, but he was like top of the league in blocks, steals. He does a lot of the dirty work for them. So with them missing Jonathan, He's a bigger he's he's a like he's a perf he's a bigger defensive like Draymond type who can he's very versatile, does all the dirty work, and you don't really have to worry about him like on offense. And he hasn't even figured out his offense. He's supposed to be an offensive Correct. specialist, but he hadn't really figured it out. So Jonathan yeah. Isaac for their future is gonna be big, but missing him and, and Aaron Gordon. They're missing Aaron Gordon too. So to put that yeah. game together was kind of amazing, but I will say that I think this was a fluke game, but even though it was a fluke game, I don't take much from it from Orlando. I think it highlighted the bigger problem with the Bucks, which is why I'm always hesitant to pick the Bucks to win the championship. And I think Giannis may end up leaving because they've tried to build around him, but I don't think you can build around him with mid-tier players. Even though they're good shooters, you can't depend on any of those guys, and that's what happened. Giannis can be dominant, dominant, I've seen Giannis be dominant. Even in that game, Giannis had something like 37, 17, and six assists, and then they lose by 20. And a lot of that, you know, the the rest of the team is what it is. Bledsoe is who he is. Uh, Middleton really struggled. It's it's on Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton's terrible in the playoffs. He's been terrible in the playoffs, and you're talking about a guy who's an all-star. I know he missed a lot of time this year, but he was – he looked all right in the bubble, um, but he guy. just, yeah, he's a regular season guy who 
when when again kind of like that cj rep right when when they get going when times get tough unfortunately they don't they don't get tough so you're just mad uh, at cj because he uh he dropped job three times to win the game no 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 i mean like cj of the past like you know cj was choking big games now cj in the bubble is a dude i i don't want to see if i'm the other team yeah but yeah man um this milk this milwaukee team is really tough for me because okay I think they're going to get past Orlando. I think they're going to win the next three games against Orlando. In round two, they get the Heat. And I think that's a tough matchup for them because they're playing against the team that every game, no matter if the Heat are scoring or not, they're going to defend, and they're not going to allow Giannis just to dominate the paint. Giannis is going to have to shoot outside shots. Giannis is going to be physical inside. And then you're going to have Jimmy Butler on Chris Middleton. What yep. happens then? Is Bledsoe going to be able to carry the team? Are you depending on Brooke Lopez to shoot three-pointers? Like, what happens then? I have too many question marks for this team, and I don't think the Bucks get out the second round. I think I think if they match up against – hell, I think if they match up against the Pacers, it might be a hard time for them. Like, I just I just don't like this Bucks team. As dominant as Giannis is, I don't like the fact that they're depending on Brooke. Brooke Lopez is the best three-point shooter on their team. Yeah, I mean it's a problem, right? <laughs> Kyle Korver is a is a zero right, right now. Um, George Hill, well, George Hill is the best three point shooter on that team statistically. Yeah, but, but uh, if you're talking about by volume, it's Brook Brook Lopez. Yeah, um, you know, yeah, I, I I don't I don't know that I'm willing to go that far. I think I think the Bucks are going to be fine. I think the Heat. I think if they can beat the Heat, they're going to win the East. I, I think that, well, Raptors I forgot about good, Toronto. I, I always forget about Toronto. Yeah, Toronto you, is going to be a tough out. You pick Toronto to be a lottery team, and you just can't really get off that. Hey, you said the same thing about the Lakers. I read. So, <laughs> they uh, should be. I think, I think that, yeah, other I, I forgot about Toronto, but... I don't think the East is like I. I think Gordon Hayward being out hurts Boston. Um, it just does. I, I think that Ben. I. I think the Sixers are ready to fucking be in Hawaii or the fuck they going. Um, I think they want Brett Brown the fuck out of there. I. I just. I think the Sixers are already mentally out of the bubble. Um, are we gonna talk but, about the Sixers after this? Yeah. But so I, I think that the path for them is is still easy, provided they can beat the Heat, which is not a guarantee. But I think if they beat Miami, they're gonna they're gonna they're they're at least gonna make it to the conference finals. I mean, if they beat Miami, they gotta make it to the conference finals. <laughs> it's kind of a hey, that's some, hey. I just dropped obvious. a nugget on you. <laughs> yeah. That was my Booger Farland imp- <laughs> uh, impression. Miami, I think they can make the conference finals. Dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. But I mean, hey, that's that's the really problem. went out on a limb, y'all. Yeah, that's the problem with teams like that. I mean, you build for a championship. And then, what are your expectations? You know what I'm saying? What is what is failure to you? You know, I mean, if they go out in the second round, obvious failure. But if you go out in the Western Conference Finals again, is that failure? It should be, because you should be able to beat the Raptors without Kawhi Leonard. You should be. You have the number one record. And what what does what does that feel like to Giannis? What does that feel like to the organization? You know what I mean? Like I, I that think they that, got a bunch. They got. They got one good. They got one superstar and a bunch of regular season dudes, and no and no real assets to do anything. Nobody's taking. Yeah, because no one wants Bledsoe. Yeah, nobody's taking Bledsoe, and you literally can't trade Chris Middleton because that's what you're you're trying to get another Chris Middleton. So you have to yeah. keep Chris Middleton. What other assets yep. do you have to move? You got all one year players. You, that team is already tapped out before you max out Giannis. What do you? Why do? not? Do you think they regret not paying Brogdon? They have to, right? Yes. Why wouldn't you? 
Like they, like you have they, to. they went, they went with Bledsoe over Brogdon, and they did it early. You know what I mean? They they signed Bledsoe to an extension mid-season before Brogdon was even a free agent. They pretty much told Brogdon he was out of the do- out the door. And Brogdon is a lot better than Bledsoe. Now I think what they were looking at was Brogdon's injury because he has that plantar right. fasciitis. He had another injury, so he suffered some injuries. But Brogdon was a lot better for that team because not only was he a distributor and a tough defender, he could get his shot off. That's why I say this team is worse. Last year, they were playing with Brogdon and Bledsoe with Middleton and Giannis. They don't have Brogdon anymore. That's why I think they're not going to go. They're going to go out in the second round again. And if that happens, what does Giannis, how does Giannis feel about that? I think he, I think, I, I, yeah, I think he goes because this is the best team that he will have had. Or that he possibly could have for the foreseeable future. I mean, well, not foreseeable. They, they kind of—you probably got three years of. You got three years. So that's a, make that's it. a long fucking time. Yeah. Like that, the East is getting better. Like Boston's getting better. Toronto's clearly getting better. I mean, you know, we'll see what Philly does, but Atlanta's coming. I mean, there, there's a lot of teams. Like you can't just say, yeah, we'll we'll see what we can do for three years. Like, especially when Giannis is a free agent, you know, in in 2021. So. Yeah, I mean, you he, you kind of force force his hand, right? Because there there are no really available upgrades, and then you got to do like LeBron, probably spitting game this year and breaking down con. LeBron and Chris uh, Chris Paul breaking down contracts and salary caps. Mm-hmm. You then- can't tell me that that this Warrior shit ain't real. Yeah. Like I I guarantee you that 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 they've had discussions like the players have. Yeah, so just to fill them in, because um, I don't know if we actually talked about it on air, but. The, the rumor is is that the Warriors are putting together a package, what we keep talking about. They have Minnesota's uh, un, uh, lottery pick next year. It's top three protected. So in the D-Lo trade, they got a first and a second from them in 2021. The 2021 is key because the 2021 draft is supposed to be a super deep draft that all the GMs are drooling about. That's why when the, when the Warriors were trying to trade D-Lo, the, the – the Minnesota Timberwolves were trying to give them their first round pick this year, and the Warriors were like, fuck you, I want nope. next year's first round pick, yep. and I want it unprotected. They settled yep. on a top three unprotected pick, which Minnesota's probably going to be trash. You can have faith. I don't. So they have their lottery pick. The Warriors have their own lottery pick this year, which we know is going to be a lottery pick. It just can be anywhere from 1 to 13. They have Minnesota's lottery pick next year. They have their own first round pick next year. And they have a plethora of second-round picks to go with the contract of Andrew Wiggins and some young players like Jordan Poole, Zach Pascal, and Kyle Bowman. They have an arsenal of assets that they can throw at a team like Milwaukee that if Giannis goes to the GM and says, I want to get the fuck out of here, that's going to be the best deal on the table. I don't see anybody beating that deal. That's pretty much the OKC package for Paul George. If they come and say, when Paul George says, "Hey, I want to go to LA," and you maximize what you can get, you're not getting. Better yeah, this this isn't a situation where OKC can come in, give them all them picks, and be like, "Yeah, cool, no. you, you can come to OKC." No, it's it's Giannis can go where he says he's going to go. And, and the Warriors, um, the Warriors would have the best package. They would be the best team. They would be a winning organization. It's a it's a perfect fit. Because Giannis can literally be center for the Warriors. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he can be Shaquille yeah. O'Neal for the Warriors. And oh my God! Yeah. Oh, nasty. the thought of that nasty. is terrifying. He's, he's the five. <laughs> he he's going there. Yes. He's going to be the five. And so, oh. what you really need to pay attention to is Thursday. 
what happens Thursday is gonna be big. There's there's a there's a couple of steps in this process. Where does that lottery pick that the Warriors have this year fall? If they get if that's the number one pick, the top five. Yeah, it's if it's if it's a if it's a I'd say if it's a, if it's for sure in the top three top if it's number one, it's literally a golden ticket. Yeah, if the, if the Warriors get a top three pick, top five pick in this draft, yep. and Giannis them go out in the second round, keep your eyes open. Just 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 yep. keep your eyes open. So don't be surprised by nothing. Yeah. So I mean, I think Giannis. I'm not going to be too hard on the Bucks. It was a bad game. I mean, like I said, I've seen Orlando surprise teams like this before. kind of is what it is. They had a bad game in the bubble. Shooters get hot. Orlando is a shooting team. They're a three-point shooting team. They're, that's not sustainable. I don't think anyone believes that that performance that they put on is sustainable. Not um, if you've watched the Magic all year. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a shocking performance because them dudes be throwing up bricks. Bricks. I mean, I think Fultz shot like 80%. So, yeah. easy. Fultz is playing well, but he's not shooting the ball. So, nah, let's move professional on to another what the hell do we do this year team. The Philadelphia 76ers. So, the 76ers, they were already in trouble. They were already going through locker room issues. They were already going through scheme fit issues with the players. Al Horford, Tobias, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid, Josh Richardson. Um, you had all these issues going on. You had, looks like Embiid is the locker room problem um, based on everything I'm reading, seeing, and hearing. Uh, then you had Ben Simmons get hurt. Ben Simmons, obviously, oh, Joel Embiid's always hurt. We saw what the team looked like with Ben Simmons and no Joel Embiid. Now we're looking at Joel Embiid and no Ben Simmons, and the shit doesn't look impressive at all. You know what I mean? Nope. So, nope. What, what do they do? I mean, I feel like you have to trade Joel Embiid. Like, we're, I know early in the year when we were saying this, we sounded crazy. But do we look crazy now? I mean, he's out there with the, against the Celtics, and he doesn't even want to play in the paint. Like, I don't. In, in today's NBA and the way that the league is, is going, we talk about how it's similar to the 70s and, and how we're getting a lot of run and gun. I don't really want Joel Embiid. And that's not to say that he's – I'm not saying he's drumming or something. Like, I, 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 I think – I wouldn't go I want Joel Embiid. No, 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 no. I mean, <laughs> I know how, how good Embiid is. He's one of the when, – when he's right, he's one of the five best, six best players in the league. But for today's NBA – I'm keeping Ben Simmons. Oh, yeah. I'm keeping Ben Simmons. Yeah, and that, that, that's pretty much been the argument. And I know that this is different level intensity, but even when he was out in the bubble, like that first game they played um, and they had Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, it looked shaky. Then Joel Embiid set out the next game and they fucking looked incredible. Shake Milton looked like a NBA starting point guard. Everybody looked comfortable. He was dominating. Like it looks different when Ben Simmons is a focal point of the team. When Joel Embiid is out there, either with Ben Simmons or without Ben Simmons, he it just doesn't look the same. He doesn't inspire confidence with his team. Like they don't. He's lazy. Yeah, he's lazy. He 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 doesn't want to take the contact in the paint. Pouts. Yeah, he'll be dominating in the paint. Like he's like eighty percent or something in the paint, and he will just stop going to the paint. He doesn't take over when you need him to. Like the stats are impressive, but if you're watching these games. It's not impressive. He'll end the game with no. 36, 16, and 8 with 6 blocks. But that's – I know it's crazy to say it's not what you see, but it doesn't feel like it's what you see. It's, he, he's, he seems like the empty stats type. But, you know, again, so we talk about this, right? Mm-hmm. We, you, you sent that thing over, 
what was it? Uh, Zach Levine and and somebody for uh, uh, a lower marketing. Yeah, that was a Bleacher Report ad. I can't remember what it, I think it was. Uh, Zach Levine, Lori Marketing, uh, first round pick, and something else. And they get Ben. If I'm Philly, I'm like, you can't have Ben Simmons, but you can have MB for that. Yeah, but I'm, and uh, I mean, you, but you, you, see, you but, see me, Wendell Carter, Wendell Carter, Lori Marketing, first round pick, and maybe somebody else. I mean, I don't know because Embiid is one of those weird. You you have to. The thing about Embiid. That's is, what I'm saying. Who does he go to that is going to say yes? I want to build around Embiid because even it's got to be a team like that's that's. I don't know where he goes that that makes sense for a contender or a rebuild team. So I, I think he needs to be the problem with the the problem with the Sixers are is that they lack shooters. Like for, is he if, better in Boston? Probably yes, yes because they have they have scores they have legit shooters and scores that can do the heavy lifting and so that's what I'm saying. So you need for for both Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, it's a unique situation because you have a guard, essentially a guard and a big man that need the same thing, and together they can't get it. They both need to be surrounded by shooters. You have to have. Shooters. But that's not Boston though. Well, you got Jason Tatum, you got Kimball Walker, you got Jalen Brown who's been knocking down three pointers. I mean, yeah, but you, but but Brown and Tatum are, are are drivers. Like them dudes are, are getting to the cup. You no, know I what I mean? mean? Jalen Tatum, they can drive, but Jalen Tatum is consistently hitting threes, hitting four or five threes a game. Jason Tatum is a shooter. Um, Kimball Walker is a pick and roll shooter, a pick and roll artist shooter. Right, but Jason Tatum's threes are different. He's a shot creator. Not, you know what I mean? Like he can create for himself or others. Same with Jalen Brown. Same with Kimba, obviously, but. I think that for Embiid, you have to run him, which whether it's high post, low post, or let him stand around a three-point line for whatever reason. You have to have guys like a Terrence Ross well, or so, like so, a Norman. Pa- I think I think you're getting, getting me confused. I think you're thinking of it as traditional, like Steve Kerr type kick it out shooters. In this new NBA, it's all about space, right? And, and right, Embiid yeah. doesn't want to just sit in the lane. So you're looking. So every time I look at these situations, because what runs the NBA is pick and rolls. So you look at the matchups. Yeah. So you, if you put them on Boston, you have literally three players that any one of them touch the ball, you're running pick and roll with Ben Simmons. I mean, with uh, Joel Embiid, and then whoever you kick it out to, it doesn't matter if they're taking the three or they can get to the basket. You're just creating space. So if I run the pick and roll with Joel Embiid, and they double team on pick uh, Joel Embiid, and I throw it to Jalen Brown, now they got to close out fast on Jalen Brown, and now Jalen Brown goes to the rim and they close on there and he kicks it out it just creates chaos on offense so they don't necessarily I guess, have to be sitting and hitting threes but it creates this scramble effect that's what happens with portland you know when he starts hitting the threes and then they kick it to cj and then cj drives he kicks the mellow and they start moving around it creates chaos for the team see so i guess i guess now that, that you talk about it in that way like the team that the for Embiid, it's funny because i think a great team to build around Embiid, to model would be Denver. But I hate that team for for Ben Simmons. Like, I would hate Ben Simmons in Portland. Or, excuse me, in Denver. Like, it's got to be a completely different type of team. But, yeah, so if if, if a team is going to come along and say, we're going to treat him as Jokic yeah. and build around that type of team, that could work. They, yes, I agree with that. Embiid doesn't – see, the thing about Embiid is Embiid's not selfish. He just wants to be the focal point. 
He wants yeah. to be the focal point of the offense, and you can put him on a team like Boston where everything runs through him, and he decides what happens. You know what I mean? And it creates more space. And that's kind of the problem with him now is everyone wants him to be in the lane, be Shaq, be dominant, score And that's not, that's not – That's not him. Yeah. He wants it to run – everything run through him. He wants to be like Al Horford with Atlanta or Nikolai yeah. Jokic. You know what I'm saying? Or AD or, or something. Or AD. Yeah. He wants to be one of these type of players. Ben Simmons is a lot different. Like Ben Simmons – goes back to what you're talking about. I don't think Ben Simmons is good in Boston, right? I think no, Ben Simmons needs to be in Phoenix or even yep. Portland or somewhere yep. where he can just penetrate and force everyone to collapse on him and he kick it out to players and players shoot. You know what I mean? So Ben Simmons on the Warriors, chaos. He can play center. He can yes. take it off the rim, go, kick it out to shooters, move it around. So that's the yes. thing. Even Ben Simmons going to – even like we talked about last night, Ben Simmons going to Chicago because that package was actually for Ben Simmons and not Joel Embiid. But if Ben Simmons goes to Chicago with Kobe White and Zach Levine, right? And then, so I think it'll be a good package because they, they think the trade was Lori Marketing, um, a first round pick, and somebody else, but it wasn't Zach Levine. I thought it was Zach Levine. That's why. I, that's why I was like, yeah, no, nah, yeah, I wouldn't yeah, do that. You're, you're actually right. It was Zach Levine, Lori Marketing, and a first round pick, the lottery pick to Philadelphia for Ben Simmons. So with that situation, I think it works perfect for both teams because now Embiid gets a Zach Levine, someone who can create their own shot. You get a Laurie Marketing, who's a three-point shooting big man, a stretch four type. You still have Shake. You still have Tobias Harris. Uh, so you have some versatility with that team. You have some playmakers with a player like Zach Levine who can hit the three, drive the basket, and do a bunch of different things. Flip side, you go to, uh, you go to Chicago. Well, Chicago got Kobe White. So now you build around Kobe White and Ben Simmons where you do the same thing. You can run pick and roll with those guys all the way around. And they have a lot of young talent, young shooters that they can throw out there. Now, that wouldn't be the final version of the team. You're looking at Wendell Carter, Ben Simmons, Otto Porter, Kobe White. You still need a couple of new pieces, but you look a lot better than you did before. Now, that that, uh, Sixers team, I think they immediately compete after that trade. But... The Chicago team, they need one or two more pieces. You might need to flip Otto Porter, um, but with Wendell Carter, Otto Porter, Kobe White, and Ben Simmons, you have a foundation where you can go get some players. So, I don't know, man. You can talk me into that. You can talk me into that. Yeah, but you can talk me into I, that. I just, I just think that Philly has to do something. Or, they have to let one go. Me and you believe that it has to be Joel Embiid, but it's. It's harder to let Joel Embiid go because he's a generational type player. You don't get centers like that. Like Joel Embiid is one of those players you can trade to another team and he lead them to three championships. Get him. Like I was just, I was kind of thinking about like Embiid in Washington, and I like that a lot. You know, yeah, with, I, I with like Wall, that. it would be like I like that a lot. And Rui, you know, uh, so now now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I okay. There's places that that if that could be a win-win if Philly does this right. You're right. They could be. They could still be contenders or get back to being contenders, as well as whomever trades for whichever one of these players also wins that trade. The problem with him. The problem with him beating Ben Simmons is off the pick and roll. Ben Simmons isn't a threat to shoot off the pick and roll. Right. Anybody right. that you so put, you have yeah. Anybody with Joel and Bead, if you put Dame with Joel and Bead off a of pick and roll is ridiculous. Like what the fuck yeah. you gonna do if Dame comes off a of Joel and B pick and roll? Who the fuck are you picking yeah. up? And then if you double and trap that shit, you're leaving CJ and all these other players open. So that's what you yeah. need. You need Ben Simmons to have a shooter. Zach Levine coming off a of pick and roll with Joel and B is a nightmare. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. That's what they need. And Ben Simmons needs to be around a bunch of shooters. You start with Kobe, I, Otto Porter, and add some more shooters. 
I would love Ben Simmons in in, uh, in Phoenix, or I would love him in New Orleans if they re- kind of tweak, obviously. But check this out. I, what if what if um, Chicago Bulls did that trade, got Joel Embiid in there with Kobe White, and then went and signed Karis LeVert or Van Fleet? Man, that's a contender right there. <laughs> that, that's a, that's a dirty team right there. I it, it that's what I I hope I hope LeVert and Van Fleet go somewhere together. Um, no, like, no, no! I'm not saying know, both of them. One of them, because they wouldn't be able to get both of them. But if you, had, uh, I guess no team is going to be able to get them. Yeah. But I like their what I'm saying. I both of them fit pretty much any need. I'd love either one of them in Memphis. I'll help them look for a house. I'm looking for a house there. <laughs> yeah, I you would love mean? to see if that trade happened with the Bulls. I would love to see Joel Embiid, Kobe White, and Van Fleet together. Because Van Fleet is a pure point guard, a pure shooter. He can put, he can control the offense, and Kobe White is obviously a two guard. He can play point guard, yeah. but he's better off, and he's taller yeah. than you think. Like he looks short, and the he's, hair he's legitimate off. six he's five, a six four, six five. He's a big ass guard. So if you just yeah. put him in a score situation where you're going to be a scorer, and you put uh, Van Fleet as a pure point guard situation, I don't like Van Fleet can be what y'all wanted Chris Dunn to be. Yeah, definitely. I forgot they even got Chris Dunn, but he can be a defensive player uh, off the bench. So let's move on to some of these other teams. Um, Turns out TJ Warren is was not ready for playoffs. Uh, he had a good game actually. The, the, uh, I gotta say, man, I fuck with Jimmy Butler. Like I like how he gets down, man. Not like he lets it be known that he does not like this dude at any point. There's no confusion. I don't like you, and I'm better than you. Yeah. It's uh, I, I respect the fuck out of that. Yeah, I know we were really hard on Jimmy Butler with the whole situation in Minnesota and the whole situation in yeah. Philly. And then, you know, it turns out he was right in both situations. You <laughs> know what I mean? Yep. Minnesota yeah. was soft. They didn't have a good work ethic, and that's what he's all about. He goes to Philly, same way. They're pouting and talking crazy. about shit that he doesn't even care about. He just wants the ball, man. He just wants the ball. He wants and to listen play to country ball, music. Listen to country music, put on his skin, uh, his snakeskin boots. His boots. You know what I'm saying? And who? Yeah, he, he a different cat, man. Yeah, so, I mean, now he's on a team that wants to work just as hard as he does, and you don't hear anything about it. You know what I'm saying? The stuff that you hear is him being a nightmare on other teams, and that's what we respect. That's what we respect about players like Patrick Beverly, right? Like, you yep. don't like to play against him, but you love him as a teammate. And yep. he's making everybody on that Heat team better. Duncan Robinson looks Joking like a Noah. legit player. You know what I mean? You got uh, yep. Bam. You got uh, Tyler Hero. You know what I'm saying? He's building confidence in his player. He is a true Kendrick leader. You know what I mean? And I, yep. I love that about Jimmy Butler. And I think that Miami's going to be a destination for some free agent to come there and be that third piece. You, I mean, again, I, I didn't see that as being a, a thing that was going to happen because, you know, I just... I just didn't see that 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 happening, but yeah, I agree with you. My I, Jimmy Butler is, and I, the thing about Jimmy Butler is he knows why he is the best player on the team. He knows he's a second banana. Yeah, like, and he's okay you with know, it though. He he has yeah. that Dwayne Wade mentality where yeah, yeah, I'm good and I can dominate, but why would I want to do that? That take years off my career. I would rather have somebody else there with me. I don't care who scores. We don't care who scores. They all have that mentality. Is we're just trying to get a win. If I have to take over, well, I, I will. But if the if the Lakers had Jimmy Butler right now, that'd be different. That that that's a that's a <laughs> that's a team. You know the funny uh, part about it is I talked all about Giannis. If Giannis <laughs> went to Miami, it would be the same issue with not enough shooters around. But I well no I take that back because Miami's a three point shooting team. Now. I got to get out of that. 
Like they shoot. Yeah, they got they got Duncan. They got I mean they got they, they got, got cats, and they it seems like they're gonna keep getting cats. They're gonna shoot. Yeah, I mean, and then I mean with their contracts, I mean I still think that's a destination for Giannis too. I don't think they have the trade assets. So if anybody trades for Giannis, they're out of it because they can't trade for him. Mm-hmm. But if there was a yep. way for Giannis to become an unstricted free agent, which I don't imagine that that will happen, I think that. I think that with what happened with the Kawhi Leonard situation and Kevin Durant and all these situations, I think Milwaukee knows that if they fail this year, they have to he's make gone. a move. I mean, because yeah, you have to get gone. something for them. If you're a Milwaukee, yeah. you can't just let them walk. Yeah, OKC let KD walk and they were able to recover, but OKC is probably one of the better managed teams in the NBA. We talk a lot of and shit. And they had Russ. Yeah, but I mean, and they had Russ. still, I mean, because if, you, if you're being objective, they have Chris Middleton, who's an all-star. I know, I know, but objectively, they have another all-star, right? But the thing is, is that OKC is probably one of the better managed teams in the NBA. We we look through all the players yeah. that OKC has lost, but they yeah. don't miss a step. They're kind of like the yeah. new version of the Spurs. And a lot of teams yeah. can say that. They're in a better position now than they were three years ago after losing yeah. KD, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. Like, all these players that they've lost – They've been able Surge. to rebound from and rebuild. So I don't know that Milwaukee. No, I agree. Can do I agree that. with that part. You know what I mean? I don't know if they can do that. They can't afford to do that in Milwaukee. I mean, Milwaukee's yeah. different. Yeah. No. 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 I agree. I and that that's what I'm saying. It's a, it's definitely a different situation. That it's they're not, it's not apples to oranges. I I just I don't know what Milwaukee does because you're right. They they know they know that this is their best t- chance to win a title because I mean it's the same thing with the Lakers and the Clippers, right? Like. These young teams are coming, like, and Golden State will be back. Like, th- those are two definite things that are going to happen. Like, for me, if you're the Lakers and you don't win a title this year, you're not winning a title. And we've seen LeBron's last championship. Yeah, Bob and, Myers ain't sitting back and like, oh, I'm comfortable with the squad I got. <laughs> right, right. And and then you know, even even if you're the Clippers, I'm really not convinced that. Like, I, I the Clippers have a window. But I don't like. I don't think the Clippers are going to be the best team in the league next year. I don't think they're going to be the best team in the Western Conference next year. You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to be like a five seed. They, I think they're. They, I think well, that I, the Clippers are at their ceiling, is what I'm saying, or real close to it. Maybe, but I, I don't. I think the Clippers are in a situation though. Being in LA, being the team that they are, they're they're that team that players have come there. You know what I mean? Like, they can get players to come there and buy outs on cheap. Like, right now, you got got Marcus Morris, you got Reggie Jackson. You know, you got these players that come in with their foundation that they have set. Their set foundation is Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, um, Zubak, um, Lou Williams, and Montrezl Harrell. Those five right there is legit. That's legit, right? So now all you're looking at is players taking a discount, coming in on one-year contract buyout players coming in on contract kind of like the heat you know what i mean so with the- but what's the what's the who are the free agents that are like that's the thing it's not well, like I mean, we have two strong ass classes coming up well well that's not that's not what you're looking for though like with teams like that that already have a foundation where you know they're going to be good you're looking at buyout candidates or players that'll just sign there for cheap i don't know you're not looking at stars you're just looking at people that take a discount like when david west went to Went to the Warriors. You know what I'm Golden saying? State, they're, yeah. they're a new version of the Warriors. When Andre Iguodala said, hey, I want to. You know what I'm saying? That's what you're looking at. You're looking because you're looking for players like that to just be key role pieces that 
that have been key role pieces in other places. You know what I mean? And they're going to be able to get that. Doc Rivers has always been a coach to rebuild around that. They, he had his big three for five years strong. He knows how to do that. And they have more pieces than he had with the Celtics. That's what I'm saying. A foundation of Lou Williams, uh, Montrez Harrell, Zubak, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George, they're going to be okay. That's five players. A lot of teams don't have five. That's a starting five right there. Yeah, you know, it's funny because now that, that you kind of look around the landscape of the NBA, there's no way that you convinced me that the Lakers or the Bucks are definitive one seeds next year because I would argue Brooklyn's chilling. I would argue that they're probably in the worst situations of any of these 20 of any of, them, of, any of these teams. Brooklyn is <laughs> Brooklyn is coming in the east. Like that's a Brooklyn is a guaranteed Three seed, top three seed, guaranteed. I, I would say the only team that I would say was in a worse situation than the Lakers and the Bucks. I mean, it's hard to say you're in a worse situation when you got like top three players like AD, LeBron, and Giannis. But it's a different league now. What I'm talking about is um, is your team peak, salary cap, um, you young players, access to trade. Like if you look at the full plethora, not just looking at hey, I got an all star. When you look at that situation, the only team that I can think of that's on that level would be Orlando Magic because they're completely Yeah, they're in a tough spot. They, they they have some assets where they can move, but I don't know if they would ever get truly better. You know what I mean? So you have Portland's kind of in the same boat. Who'd you say? Portland. Portland, yes, but Portland has been a top three seed. So even though they're capped out, they still have assets. It's just do they want to move them? You know what I mean? So they still have better assets because when you look at like we talked about, when you look at the Bucks, who are you gonna trade? If you're not trading Giannis and Middleton, who the fuck are you trading? When you look at the Lakers, uh, yeah, I if mean, you're not trading LeBron and AD, who the fuck are you trading? Don't nobody want that. Yeah. You can trade Kuzma, but I think Kuzma's value is even taking a hit. You know what I mean? Yep. So yep. that's what I'm talking about. They don't have any other assets to build and make them better. I would. The next situation would probably be Pacers or Miami, those two teams maybe. But I think Miami's in a better situation than those three because – Teams want to play with them. They got Goran Dragic's contract coming off. They have a little bit of flexibility there. And they have a lot of young talent with Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, um, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler still got some years left. That's what I'm saying. The Lakers, Bucks, and Orlando are the worst three. I think Utah's in a pretty shitty spot, too. Utah's got Utah. Utah's definitely. Utah might be in the worst spot. Utah's definitely in the worst spot because they have Donovan Mitchell, but Donovan Mitchell is not on the level of Giannis. Or uh, LeBron no. AD, so Utah. He's a tier two, tier three star. Yeah, so he's def he's definitely a cop. Even though he hit fifty and it's crazy, he's definitely, I believe, like a complimentary star. But the yeah, Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell coming in as a four or five seed. So I, I agree with you there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man. Like I said, there, there's teams that are going to come out of this. Uh, so if you if you're in Milwaukee, uh, you can't afford to wait to build around it and you've kind of got to either hit reset or keep it moving. Cause you, I mean, we talked about Washington. They're going to be, that's a playoff team next year. If healthy Brooklyn's a playoff team, if healthy, I got to see it. Uh, I, I'm not a, I'm not a true believer in Washington, bro. I'm not, I'm still don't believe in that. John. They, they, they were almost, they almost got the AC without Bill or wall. Yeah, so, but it's, it's, it doesn't always play out. I'm not exactly saying they're like top that. five seed. I think they're a playoff team. No, I'm just saying it doesn't always play like that. Like, hey, we got our superstars back and we're still the same. Like, it doesn't. 
doesn't always yeah. work that way. You know what I mean? I, yeah. just, I just gotta believe. I just gotta see it to believe it because that wall build shit wasn't working at all <laughs> before. What one team I want to talk about real quick is I've kind of flip flopped on. Uh, first of all, Boston has beaten the hell out of Philly, and this this isn't even a game. Two blowouts so far. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but one one team I want to talk about real quick before we get out of here. Um, Dallas. I I was uh, I I first I was like yeah I really like this KP Doncic I like what Dallas is doing and now the more that I'm kind of watching them. So Doncic needs to, he's a young player, it's only second year. He makes some really bad decisions. Uh, and, and he actually hurts them at times, and he takes points off the board by not either laying the ball up or, you know what I mean? He does some dumb shit. He's still a but young player, player, yeah, that, that's something that'll get better with time. I don't know that I like the dynamic of him and KP Ooh, together. Don't. I love it. I don't, I, I like it, but I don't know that it's going to amount to winning and or maybe it's because they i think they need like i think their role players are just mediocre that, that's what I, that's I, what it is i mean right now the third score on our team is tim hardaway jr yeah and he shouldn't be that he's probably I mean, he, he's a starting shooting guard or a six man at he, worst like he is but he's not a player that you want to be depending on but what i've seen to, from luca yeah. and kp in this bubble i love what i'm saying i love the dynamic i love the way kp looks but but you're right i mean it's, some nights it's Dorian Finney-Smith. Some nights it's Seth Curry. Some nights it's Trey Burke off the streets. Like, they don't have yeah. that third legitimate weapon that you can depend on. You want Tim Hardaway to be there, and he was a steal going back. Yep. Man, Dallas fleeced New York. <laughs> like, <it> was, <laughs> that was bad. That might be go down as one of the worst uh, trades in history, bro. Easy. <laughs> like, easy. That's just crazy. But other than that, uh, <clears throat> yeah, Tim Hardaway Jr. is a star, but they really need a – they need a weapon. They need a third they, weapon yes. that can get their own shot and they can really space it out. Like Tim Hardaway's Jr., don't take anything away. He's played very well this year. He's a good player. But he's he's not consistent, man. He's streaky. Dorian Finney-Smith has really stepped up in the presence of this bubble. He's really gotten better as a rebounder, but he's not a scorer. Um, he, he's, hitting, he's knocking down shots, but he's more P.J. Tucker, Jeff Green than, you know, they, a player. They need a consistent on. threat that – yeah, that that can get. They need a TJ Warren type of dude that that's gonna come in, get you buckets, and really, you know, just is what he is on that part. But like, that's what they need because they they they're in a lot of these games and they're close games. But it just becomes the stand around and watch Luca show at the, the last few minutes. And I, I understand KP wasn't there for our bullshit ejection in game one, but that just tends to be their offense. KP and I think KP has looked dominant though. Have you been watching? He has. Yeah. Oh, he. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess maybe that's the whole thing I'm saying about Dallas that that it's not working. That they they just need someone else to come to fully unlock the offense. What and it like I said, it's got to be a TJ, a guy that can get you 15, 20 points a game. Chris Middleton. It's got to be that level of player. Oh, you throw Chris Middleton on that team, and that team might be a championship. They're lethal. Because yeah, Chris they're lethal, and, and you don't need him every game, but he can just play his game, and he can shoot from the outside. So I understand what yeah. you're saying. Like they just need a another weapon, and and I know, and they're in the position because of the contracts that they have. They should be able to get another like legitimate star, maybe superstar, because Luca isn't getting paid. He he's on a rookie contract. KP 
I don't think KP is maxed out, Chad. And if he is, he's only on his second contract. I don't think he is. I, they have a I, lot unless of money they, unless tied they, up in the players. I, like maybe they just paid him. I don't remember. He they couldn't because he's only in like his fourth year, so he would only he wouldn't even be yeah. on like a max. He would still be in the twenty twenty million dollar range because he would only yeah. be on his second contract. Um, yeah. But they have a lot of money tied up in players like Tim Hardaway Jr. And that's not because they signed him because they traded for him for the Knicks to make the money work to get off of DeAndre Jordan money. Um, so it's kind of a placeholder, right? So they're going to be able to go. I haven't looked at Tim Hardaway's contract yet. If it's not up, he could be a piece that they could buy out or get rid of. But that's all they're looking for is they have he's, – he's essentially a cap holder right now. But either next year or the year after – and I'm pretty sure it's the year after because everyone's planning for that Giannis class. Nobody's looking at this year's free agency. It's next year's mm-hmm. free agency. They're going to be a player. And as long as Luka and KP can stay healthy and keep building on what they have, somebody's going to want to go there. Because the way they play, I would want to go there as a shooter and a scorer. I would want to be in that offense with KP and Luca, because Luca's gonna find you. KP's gonna open the court up for me, and I can have a lot of one-on-one matchups. I mean, it's definitely a great situation. I, I think I just expected them to be a tougher. But then again, the Clippers just whooped their ass. Like the Clippers just beat the I mean, hell out think, of them all season. I think we knew. I mean, if they would have got so. I mean, we saw it today. The Jazz whooped the shit out of Denver. I think that the Dallas, Dallas was trying hard to get in that situation, but they had a slow start. If Dallas yep. could have moved up, they were just so far behind. And as we can see with what happened with um, Phoenix and Memphis, that three and a, that six-game lead ain't no punk. Like, you can go 8-0 and right. still not cover the ground. It only took Memphis winning, what, one, two games? One game. No, they won two one games. Game. They won two games. Uh, yeah, well, they – they yeah, you're right, two games. Two games, and they locked in the seed, and Phoenix went 8-0. So, they kind of put themselves in a situation because they didn't play well early. But if they could have yep. got to Denver right now, Denver would be in fucking trouble. Like, Denver versus yeah. Dallas would have gave Denver real trouble, and they would have had a legit shot. They just ended up matching up with the Clippers, and they gave Clippers all they wanted without KP. Let's not get it twisted. If KP was in there, he got he got kicked out of that game early in the third quarter. If KP was in there to close, that's a, that's a different game. I don't know if the Clippers can win that game. Well, KP may not play today because uh, his knee apparently is hurting. So and That's the problem. <laughs> if uh, Exactly. Um, but it's not his uh, his ACL torn knee, so whatever that's worth. That's but even worse, you I mentioned like. Dem- you mentioned Denver. Um, at some point, Denver's got to d- make the leap, right? Like d- you can't just be getting whooped by Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz. Like like you, De- I, everyone is allowed a bad game, but Denver shouldn't be getting beat by twenty five by by Utah. Like I just I, a team that good or that should be that good. MPJ is, is is as advertised. That dude's legit. He he is a zero on defense, but he is legit on offense. That's, Jeremy that's Grant, problem, perfect though, right? addition. That he's a zero on defense, he, and they can just yeah, keep attacking. a complete zero. Um, Jeremy Grant, great addition. A lot of their guys, like that, should be a team that we should be able to pencil in to the Western Conference Finals, in my opinion. Yeah, but the the team teams tend to take the personality of their leader and their best player, and I keep saying this. When you have those games and Jokic is playing around at point guard and, you know, being super passive, I think that shit is important because that's the personality that this team has, man. And it it frustrates me because Jokic can be dominant. He can be aggressive, but he has this, like, nonchalant attitude, and it's the same attitude that I see from the team. Yeah, Jamal Murray is a killer, but he has a nonchalant attitude most of the time. 
I don't feel like they ever show any urgency. Even last game, right? They're playing, and they're going through the motions most of the game. And then Jamal Murray turns it on. He ends up having 20 points in, like, the fourth quarter in overtime. Where's that shit at the beginning of the game? Michael Porter He had a terrible first half this t- today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean. They're all, everybody on that team that should be a killer is just nonchalant. I mean, the biggest killer on the team is Bobo. <laughs> He'll get out there and kill, <laughs> but they won't play him. Like, they don't have anybody that's just out uh, there. That's aggressive. That's full go all the time. They all just kind of go through the motions, and then if they get motivated to turn it on, then they'll turn it on. If they don't, ah, we'll get them next game, and that's kind of yeah. the problem. It's gonna ah, we'll get them next game. Oh yeah, like that's the attitude that I feel from Denver, and that's what's holding them back. Nobody on that team. It's like a bunch of big kids. They need yep. a Jimmy Butler. Shit. <laughs> They do, and that that's they they to me they're still that player away. They're they're they shit. Even if they had like Pat Bev, they'd be yes. another level. You know what I mean? They need like to energize. Something. They need somebody to motivate them, like like to tell them like, come on, we gotta play. Like they don't have a sense they, of urgency. I never feel like they have a sense of urgency. To we need what to go win get too and many, dominate. Too many light skins on the team. Was, they thought Jeremy Grant was gonna come in and be that, but nah, they gotta get them. They gotta get a dark skinned dude to come in there and regulate. I was gonna make that joke, but I was like, nah, we in tense times, you know what I mean? But that team is definitely light skinned. You know I mean? Yeah, it's a light skinned team, man. Okay, <laughs> I ain't think they got. They gonna have to get a dark skinned dude to come up in there and regulate, man. You know who they could benefit from having? Um, a player like Zach Levine. A player that just go in there and gonna go full tilt and try to get it and always aggressive, uh, or even a player like Colin Sexton, they just need somebody that's always going. You know what I mean? Even bad yeah. shot, good shot, a threat. Who cares? Yep. Just go. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Just keep yep. scoring, keep getting aggressive. Shit, take Jordan Clarkson and put him on the team so they can bring Jordan Clarkson off the bench and he can just go run around, shoot his bad shots, and try to score. You know what I mean? That's what they just. But need. at least keep you energized. Yeah, they just need and, and like shows that want to win. Yeah, somebody just when they go through their little lull and go through the motions and they're kind of you know going around. Somebody that can do shit that excites, Jokic. Somebody can do shit that excites Murray to make them want to play. You know what I mean? Like Donovan Mitchell doesn't need anybody to energize him and make him want to play. Right. He's coming to play. Like, I, I don't feel like Denver has anybody to motivate them to want to play. Like, if they feel Man, like it, they do. If they don't, they don't. All you got to do, I Denver, I will fix your problem for you right now. You call up Golden State and you say what y'all want for Draymond. Okay? Draymond is... What man, you want for Draymond? Man. And... and and we we talking about a contender, like just you, because Draymond is yes. at the best he's gonna be. Like, like and, just what you want for Draymond? Yes, and he can be your point guard. He can play like that would be a perfect fit. Draymond would be. What you want for Draymond? Draymond would be the Kevin Garnett to Boston. Like you put him because in. you know you ain't got to give up the farm for him. You know what I mean? Like we know you're not getting Murray or Jokic, anybody else or MPJ, anybody else we can discuss. I mean, and whatever picks y'all want. I mean, yeah. I mean, you you call them. I mean, but it's, it's funny because a player like Mason Plumley would do wonders for Golden State. I mean, he's he's like he's not great. I'm not gonna say he's not great, but you don't see him. You don't see him when he was Denver right now. But you gotta remember, yeah, when he was at Portland, 
he was damn near a triple-double player at Portland. They yep. just traded him to get Nurkic, which turned out to be a great trade. But he was playing an elite level with Portland. He was part of the ascension of Portland when he was playing. You could run your whole offense. So you put him in Golden State, and he would look like a totally different player. You'd be like, well, why didn't we know about Mason Plumlee? Because he can do all the same things that Draymond can do, but he's a better def- – I'm not going to say he's a better defender. He's a better rim protector than Draymond yeah, Green. Yeah, that, and that's it. He can, yeah. he can pass the ball. He can't shoot. But he can make the offense go and go around him. He's a better screener. Like, he does a lot of different things. But you would really just be doing that to get off of Draymond's money. You know what I mean? Cause, yeah. so, so it wouldn't be – you wouldn't even be asking for – you might ask for some young assets, but you're really just doing it as a cap thing. So you'll probably get – It's like you said – you, yeah, th- I tell you what, Denver. I'm, I'm glad you called. You you give us Mason Plumley, throw in Bow Bow. Give Diop. us a second. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just give us a little something. To, yeah, and, and we're good to go. You can have. Throw us, throw us, um, Draymond gonna be pissed off and motivated. You know he ain't. He gonna be like what the fuck? And Den- that's gonna be. I I want to see it. Mason Plumley, Jeremy Grant. Yeah, Kate Two first yeah. round picks. And. Done. You need somebody to throw some cap in there. I don't know. Fuck it. Throw Gary Harrison in, <laughs> or Will Barton. Y'all had Gary, Gary Harrison, or Will Barton. Throw both of them yeah. in that shit. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Every, as long as it ain't MPJ, Jokic, Murray, we can talk about it. Yeah, you can, Everybody else on the table. I mean, shit. Think about it. You give me Gary Harris or Will Barton with uh, Mason Plumley, and I don't think you can get Bowl Bowl out of them. But you know, Kate's Diop and a, a first. Man, I don't know if I don't know if uh, Golden State says no. I'm just saying, if you want, if you, if if Golden State wants to get off that Draymond contract and it can be done, Denver's the perfect. It's a win-win for everybody. It's definitely a win-win because that's what they need. They don't even need him for. They just need him to be a field general. You know what I mean? Just yes. motivate him, cuss a couple people out. You know what I'm saying? Talk bad to Yoki, get him crunk, get him hyped. Because when they get going, you know what I mean? They're they, they tough. You know what I'm saying? They tough. They can get that. They just need somebody to trigger it. They need a trigger to get that going, and Draymond Green would be the trigger. So, I mean, I like so, that. That's what I got, man. Uh, anything before we get out of here? Nah, man. Um, just be sure you can go to the website, www.2smartnetwork, to check out all the content that we put out. have a new episode of Black Content Cor- Corner currently running on there. Um, we'll have a new Sexy Suburban Dad coming out later this week where they're talk- t- touching on the top Tarantino movies. Um, also, if you go to our social media page on Facebook, Too Smart Network, or Bobby Reed, or our Instagram page, Too Smart Network, I do daily updates of all the action that's hap- happening in the playoff games. So a little 10 to 15 minute clips that'll just recap if you don't have time to watch the games. But yeah, that's it, man. That's it. We'll holler at y'all next week. Mamba Week coming up. We'll have a good show for you. Peace. Peace.